it's tournament at tea break bonus edition and once uh, abigail johnson has lifted up her head from her uh, page in fits of giggles <laughs> we're ready for you we are going to do a little bit of a bonus tournament at tea break we're both in an extremely sunny birmingham i know who could have guessed this after I... the dampness of nottingham last <laughs> week i forgot what the sun felt like i'm, I'm not even kidding you know did you come uh, back with web feet um, pretty much, you know, um, and I was I was driving a quite a, a long distance actually to get there and wait, back wait, each wait. day. They, they actually let you behind the wheel of a car now. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, no, for several years. Um, I'm shocked. But you know, I'm shook. <laughs> Nottingham's a better distance for me. Sometimes uh, I'm on the train a lot. But uh, it's a good job I had my car and more flexibility, I think, that, that week because uh, you had to be flexible, let's put it that way. It was um, a nightmare for the tournament <laughs> and the organisers, but somehow we got through and uh, there, was, there were two winners crowned. I mean, would you believe it? We actually no, we com- we completed wouldn't. the event. So a uh, mix of surfaces, mix of conditions, but uh, two singles champions at the end of the week. What more can you ask for? <laughs> and if you're wondering why we're gelling so well, you're actually listening to the two co-hosts of of the tennis show on love sport radio so if you get a chance do give that a listen on a wednesday 7 till 8 p.m yes, so indeed. just just after your tea <laughs> or while you're eating it or depends. while you're eating it depends when you eat captive you know. audience then yeah 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 there you go <laughs> but here we are in birmingham you brought the weather which is good <laughs> for a change um and we could be on for a right corking final i think if you haven't been paying attention to um our f- up- updates from uh, birmingham or well, firstly shame on you and secondly it's been quite a, a packed <laughs> week We've had Naomi Osaka, world number one, uh, go out and very, very strange for her, uh, declined to do her press obligations, thus getting a a fine. Um, So when she got here, um, I know that you weren't here in the the week, but when Mm. she got here, she was... Um, in fact, let me take a step back. At Roland Garros, when she when she lost, she sort of admitted that it might be the best thing for her because she felt very stressed. And interesting enough, she used the words calendar slam. She said that she had her eye on the calendar slam. And I remember turning around to somebody going, doesn't she mean career slam? Because obviously she got the US Open, Australian Open, so she only needed uh, two on, on clay and grass yeah, to complete the set. But she obviously seemed to have her eye on the calendar slam. I know. It's, which would have uh, been... All four and then a spare. <laughs> it's, uh, it's incredible, but you know what? You just get that vibe from Osaka. After she'd won those two slams, she rises at the big events and she does it in such incredible fashion prior to the French Open, obviously. Um, I mean, at the Australian Open, I, I don't think many people had her down as a contender just because her US Open win had been uh, a surprise. Chaotic. Really. You know, yeah, <laughs> Let's be one, one of those things. Um, but she's clearly incredibly ambitious. Um, I think. I mean, she grew up looking up to Serena, but now she wants to be better than Serena. She's always setting the goal Mm. that much further. And maybe she just set it too high for herself too early on because we forget she's only 21 years old. It's it's ridiculous what she's accomplished in in 12 months, even to go from 70-something in the world to winning two Grand Slams and the world number one title. I absolutely agree with you. I think that... um, I think... I think she will get over this for what it's worth. Yeah, I think, for sure. I think, I think, to be honest with you, if she loses the number one tomorrow to Ashley Barty, it might not be the, the worst thing because exactly. the pressure will not be on her. This is not her favourite surface, nor is clay. Um, mm. You know, she seems, in fact, funnily enough, in Stuttgart, she seemed to be like, you know, whenever I play in Stuttgart, I kind of come away injured. Um, 
you know, and I don't like grass and I've kind of come away injured. And it's almost like she's got a bit of a mental block about Europe. And she was like, in fact, it's just every time I come to Europe, I actually remember saying in that interview, I apologize on behalf of my continent, um, because it was like, you know, it's like whenever I come here, things don't go well for me. Um, so I just wonder whether she just has this mental block that, it, oh my God, it's like clay. Oh my God, it's like grass. Uh, and she just seems to not be able to get past it. I, I honestly, mm. genuinely think that she will. I, she will get over this. She's too good a player, and she's too ambitious a player not to. For sure. But I think this will be the best thing for her if she not only lo- lost that slam, but she loses number one. She, there will be nobody mm. looking at her in the same way that they are going to be looking at Ash Barty at the beginning of Wimbledon. Exactly, and it's putting the fire under her feet. I mean, I think the key word that you mentioned there was mental. There's nothing wrong with her physical game. Actually, she's got to the point already where much of the time the match is on her racket. And I think that's where this whole mental issue comes in because she knows it's on her racket a lot of the time. So uh, when when it's not going her way, there's almost this subconscious looking for excuses kind of thing. I mean, I remember speaking to her after one of her first matches on grass. It was in Nottingham a couple of years ago. She got absolutely thrashed by Christy Arn, who I think was playing her maiden WTA main draw match on the surface. And uh, she she said that she was depressed with herself and that people said Mm. she could, should. Yeah, Yeah, she used the word depressed. And she said, um, um, people expect me to do well on this surface and I don't see it because I just don't. And I think just because she had that initial um, discomfort when she first came to grass, that's just stuck with her. And, and it's in the heads. It really is. Yeah. And once, once you've started feeling that way, it's a very difficult thing to shake off, especially when you're feeling under pressure from other aspects, such as having lost early at the French, being on the brink of losing the number one title. Things that she obviously thinks about. A lot of players will play that down, but she's quite open about the fact that she does think about these things and target them. I mean, she... I mean, you know what she's like when she's impressed. She has no filter. It, it, stuff comes out, which mm-hmm. makes her deliciously quirky to 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 watch, um, and to you know to to listen to. But it also brings around a lot more scrutiny than I, you know. And I, it's interesting. I've just been reading this amazing article. I don't know if you've seen it about Petra Kvitova. Okay. It's in the Guardian, I think. Okay. Um, but like she talks about when she won her first slam back in 2011, and everybody just expected it to be an absolute um, diamond. And she was just like, what is this now? When she got it in 2014, she was so much more ready for it. And I think because, specifically for Naomi, because she backed it up with that Australian Open win, everybody thought, okay, it's not a a flash in the pan. Uh Um, She really is the real deal. It wasn't just because Serena Serena imploded. She can really do this. Mm -hmm. Um, But then you come to clay and grass, which are real levelers. Uh, because you can either play on that stuff or you can't yep. and it's the truth for both of us and grass is even worse because it's a living breathing surface that's like an animal um, of its own right <laughs> I mean these, these cray you can just like kick it because it's like dead brick but you know yeah. grass will just come back and eat you so um, whereas on the flip side uh, I mean you know, you're, you're, it's your first day down here but Barty has just been dealing with this with consummate ease mm. not this is like water off a duck's back for her she is like yeah i want a slam <laughs> what's next i love oh, you it. want you want, I, want, I want I number love... one yeah okay i'll do that too her, her approach is just remarkable she doesn't flinch she's got the questions in press are you going to be the next grand slam champion to struggle under the weight of expectation <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and she's uh she just shrugs it off you know she's so chilled out uh, but at the same time, you know, has has the correct focus. It's not like she's chilled out because she doesn't care. She's chilled out because she knows that's the state she needs to be in to produce her best tennis. She had those moments a few years ago when she walked away from the sport yeah. because she couldn't take the mental pressure because 
that wasn't something she wanted to deal with at the time and I, it's made her a more mature person and maturity is what's required when it when it comes to this stage and, and these events and um, you know Asaka you know is ridiculous talent but it's, it's the mental aspect of things Absolutely. that she needs to, to look at now and something I noticed about Asaka quickly over, over the past few weeks is that again she plays better when she's down on the scoreboard I mean let's look at on clay you know people didn't really expect her to excel on clay but down 5-1 in the final set to, to Donna Vekic she comes alive she fires she rips the ball and you just see how dangerous she is but you know you can't afford to be down on the scoreboard and come back all the time because we, as we saw her against Putinseva, you know, not every oh, player is going to give yeah. you that opening to come back. No. It's a very dangerous game to play. And she, um, thankfully for her, these incidents kind of expose what the problem is. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure that she'll be able to identify it herself and um, put, put it to right because she's clearly a smart girl when yeah. it comes to the tennis court. She's, she's way too... I mean, I obviously, you know, when you, when, when you report something on Twitter... You get a whole load of stuff. I've, I've, I'm not gonna lie. I've muted quite a few people who've just been like, "How dare you!" It's like I'm literally reporting what they've just said. Oh, I, you know, I'm not making this up. I'm yeah. literally telling you what we've just been told. Um, but yeah, you know, um, she she is too good to to do this. And you know, I think what she needs is some time without that scrutiny. Mm. And almost on the flip side of the coin, now we've got somebody who's a veritable veteran of all things on the on the um, sport. Yulia Gerges in the final. Not uh-huh. only that, but um, not only that, but it's uh, it's Barty's um, doubles partner. Sorry, I've got we've got like a bunch of kids running around screaming. Um, it's not us. We're not that excited. Um, yeah, she'll now be playing a doubles partner, and you know, I mean, the the, the respect from both of them is is evident. You know, Gerges was saying, I've been wanting to play with Barty, play doubles with Barty for a long time. Yeah, and I'm finally happy that we've got that chance. And then you've got um, you've got her saying, oh, you know, I called Barty way back in the quarterfinals. I said that she was going to win it. Yeah. Um, and uh, and you got Barty. You know, I mean, her analysis of, of her potential too was pretty clinical. Yeah. I mean, I love it when they actually dissect every element of a person's game. Yeah. Um, and I think it's interesting that she's not afraid to do that. Sometimes opponents don't really want to talk too much ahead of the match for fear of giving something away. But there's no secrets between these two. You know, they know each other yeah. to a T. And uh, that's going to make it a potentially really interesting final because we see it when sisters face off the Plishkovas earlier yeah. this week, Venus and Serena many times. When you know what's coming from the opponent, it can make you sometimes overthink. It can make you try and change your tactics. And it, it can result in a, in a lengthy battle at so, times. I mean, they they've split their head-to-head. Um, One-two setter, one-three setter. So what do we think we can look forward to? Well, if anything, you know, that their meeting, the first meeting came here last year. Uh, Roz unearthed that one. I'm not taking the credit, but uh, <laughs> 7663. You. Yeah, you're welcome to, to Gerges, uh, which is interesting. At that point in time, Gerges was seeded. Barty wasn't. So right. it's kind of it's come to the point here now where they're both seeded, but Barty's the higher seed. So, yes, Gerges won that one in straights, but it was a, a close first set. Both of them probably know each other's games quite a bit better now. And, you know, Barty has taken everything that's happened in the past few weeks. And, and the year to date, where she's been the most consistent WTA player, completely in her stride. So I, I expect it to be a, t- a close one potentially, but I, I think it's going to have a lot depending on who comes out firing and takes the first set. Uh, that might dictate the mood a bit. Um, but the first serves are very important. I think Barty... Uh, was pushed and challenged by Stritzova today. Stritzova very good mm. defensively and making a play of those extra balls. And, and Barty was falling victim to that a few times. 
but the big serves came when she needed them and I think she got a break in the first set, a break in the second, uh, just took those opportunities and consolidated thanks to that big serve and the follow-up ground strokes. And I think people don't give Barty enough credit for that because um, there, there was a funny element in Roland Garros where Ubaldo asked her, you know, how do you, how do you deal with this serve given that you're so small? Because when we look at her in, in comparison to the Pliskovai, uh, and the Williams, um, she does look tiny, and mm. she was quite kind of, I'm not that small. And he goes, yeah, but you know, you're not big either. And she goes, well, I'm still not that small. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, but she does, she's got, you know, her serve for somebody, I mean, she's five foot eight, I think. Oh, is uh, she? I thought she was shorter. Exactly. I thought, yeah, I, I, Thank you. I thought, she, I thought she was five five. I don't know no, where I would have got that from. No, but, but she's like, five foot eight, I'm not that tiny. Wow. But okay, she does have a very good serve, and yeah. her kick serve, causes people all manner of discombobulation yeah. well this is the thing i think when you're a small slightly smaller player not to offend ash um when you've got to think more about the the variety i mean serena talks a lot about when she was younger she was a lot smaller and that's where she got the variety from again because she you can't ah. just thump in big serves big shots you've got to think through it a bit more so barty does have the kick serve she has the options and the variation on her serve that maybe a taller player wouldn't have because they're they're able to to rain down bombs you know i'm thinking sabine lezicki carolina pliskova yeah. not so much variation uh but it's so all no about plan b exactly and it's all about the strategy sometimes you're not just going for an ace you're thinking about constructing the point what am i going to do if and when this ball comes back uh, and to have the variety that barty has puts her in a good position to come forwards where she's very comfortable and, and yeah. finish off yeah, very I mean, impressive. You know, to, to hear her talking very, very glowingly about her time in doubles, obviously she uh, partnered Casey Delacroix and that helped mm. uh, a great deal develop her game. Um, and I think she'll always have a love for doubles. We were teasing her yesterday uh, because she turned down, obviously, our Andy Murray. Do, do click on the site for our rundown of why she turned down our boy. Mm -hmm. But, you know, at the end of the day, she has got every, uh, every um, right to think that she can be a contender in both competitions, both singles and doubles. And it's mm. been a while since we've had a player that is actually up for being a contender in both. Most people will be like, mm. right, I'm doing good. I mean, look at Garbina Muguruza and Carlos Suarez Navarro. Yeah. Um, they were, they were, and they still are a great combination. It's lovely to watch them because they, they're just the most, you know, unlikely of duos, yeah. but they get on so well. And I think it did wonders for Muguruza's game. Yeah. Um, but in the end, she ditched it because she needed to um, to, to focus on the singles. Yeah, so, so many examples. I mean, Mladenovic and Garcia. I mean, yes, there's a bit of friction there, example. but, you know, Garcia deliberately walked away from that to focus on singles more. And the results came, but just the... I hadn't really thought about that. The mental aspect of knowing that you can handle both at a high level yeah. over a long period of time shows how fit she is as much as anything, you know, to, to keep going, to not get tired and to just, as she has been doing, take everything in her stride, you know? I, I think there's a there's also an element, um, you know, I've interviewed many a player that's come back from a fairly sort of long stint of injuries, like Petkovic, for example. Um, and Andrea was sort of saying, you know, I think when you come back again, you have much more appreciation for what comes your way, whether it's wins and when you have losses and hard losses at that, you don't, it puts it into perspective. And I think for Barty, her, her time away at cricket, I mean, there's no stick and ball thing that this girl can't do. She's, yeah. got, a, she's got a single digit handicap for heaven's sake. Yeah. Uh, and, and spent a couple of days at the Belfry. And I'm like, you know, if I went to the Belfry, it would be literally to park my car and have a look around. <laughs> um, you know, my handicap's my bag. So, you know, the fact that she can see herself as a contender at Wimbledon in both, I think is absolutely staggering. So mm. I'm going to put you on the spot. Oh, I love being put on the spot. Thank you. So 
That's sarcasm. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> We've been around each other used to this, long enough to know that. So come on then. What is your pick for tomorrow's final? Um, I mean, I'm just looking at the players. Both of these two have come past, and uh, neither of them has, has really faced anyone of a seeded, a seeded status. But Barty's taken down Venus Williams five-time Wimbledon champion legend on this particular surface yeah uh, she took out Donna Vekic in the first round now uh, that first round match for me was so interesting because Barty was coming off a maiden Grand Slam win and often when that happens we've seen in the past with um, Angelique Kerber even who was a mm -hmm. seasoned player struggled to back up that victory the mental pressure often gets too much and Vekic you know reached the final in Nottingham last week she's great on the surface and Barty handled that one in straight. She hasn't dropped a set um, in coming through Vekic and coming through Venus and in coming through Stritzova, who's a very different game style mm -hmm. to Venus. So just looking at the opponents, I mean, Gerges has done well. Martic, a tricky player that she came past today. Um, but I, I don't think it would be fair to bet against Barty, given everything she's proven, not just this week, but in the yeah. season as a whole. I, I didn't bet against her at the French or at, um, was it Indian Wells or Miami? I forget which one she won now. I think Miami, it was Miami. It was Miami. And I mean, she was up against Pliskova in the final and everyone's waiting for Pliskova to have a big moment. But, you know, with the tools and the, the mentality that Barty's got, you know, she's she's always seems to be under the radar but for no good reason exactly. because she's, she's fantastic you know exactly. so um if she can handle the mental pressure of that french open title then she sure as heck can handle this so um i'm going to take barty um i'm not sure how many sets maybe straights but okay. um well, it, I, it's been a long week so well, well let me we'll let me take a slightly opposing view then i, I mean i'm not going to take gergas because as much as we love uh ghouls and she's been uh, you know she's an absolute darling in press she's amazing mm. to chat to um but oh don't Dare, I'm sorry. <laughs> for, the, for the benefit of uh, listeners, I was just being uh, attacked by a wasp, which is my worst nightmare. Yeah, um, uh, yeah so I think it's going to be tighter than we think. Mm -hmm. I think it's going to go three, okay. uh, but I, I pick Barty. Okay. So let's see if we're right. Yeah. You have, of course, been listening to the Love Sport Tennis Show Girls. Another little plug there. Yeah. Uh, Ros Satter. Uh, <laughs> Ros Satter. And Abigail Johnson. Thank you for listening.